welcome 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 i can't see anyone right now so just give me a few seconds come on in all right here we go all right y'all listen we got a good show for you tonight we are going to be talking about the book the marriage bed of roses and uh we have one of the co-authors here she's going to be uh, hopefully do a reading for us tonight but i want to get into a lot of well a couple of things throughout the book and when i tell you it is a book for people who want to be married engaged been married <laughs> right in that little people call it that seven year it sometimes it starts with pe- at five <laughs> We're gonna we're gonna get into it. So I'm gonna be quiet right quick. I'm gonna let um, I'm gonna let Lisa Tebow introduce herself and um, tell us a little bit about yourself before we get into talking about the book. My name is Lisa M. Tebow. I am currently living in Lafayette, Louisiana, married to Apostle Dudley Tebow for if the Lord allows us to August the 18th for 10 years. Um, I've been in ministry for the last at least 20 years, probably more if you include uh, my youth years. But specifically in the last um, 10 to 15 years, 20 years, I've actually been active in ministry as far as helping to teach um, young women um, facilitating um, services in church, things like that. Um, here of late, um, I've been crossing paths with a lot of young ladies that are in need of a mother figure, I guess is how you put it. <laughs> um, they need uh, wisdom. They need some old heads to actually listen to. And I've run across the path of actually young women that actually want to listen. Um, so that helps a whole lot because most of the time what I see and what I hear is you're old, you don't know anything, I don't want to listen to you, you don't know what you're talking about. And unfortunately, that's the same thing I did at their age. Uh-huh. So I try to tell them I did the same thing, I said the same thing, but we need to listen to each other, especially the younger women, from the older women, because they have knowledge and experience that the younger women don't have yeah so if we would just listen and not go back and forth with each other it would be a whole lot better for everybody because when they get to be our age or my age you'll say to yourself oh had i listened to my mother my grandmother an aunt a lady in church an older lady had I listened to them, maybe I wouldn't be going through what I went through now. Because I said to my grandmother, I don't want to hear that. You don't know what you're talking about. You haven't done anything in your life. And I thought I had closed my ears so I couldn't hear. I mean, blocked her out. But I hear myself these days spouting off verbatim things that she said to me. <laughs> so, so that's, you know, that's just life. And prayerfully, our young ladies will have someone in their lives that will talk to them, even though they're trying not to hear it. Yeah. Uh, and save them some heartache, save them some 
uh, trials and tribulations, valleys that they don't have to go through. Yeah. Yeah. And, and have you just to just, because while you were talking, I was thinking too about people, relationships today, couples today, young people today, it's, it's a different time, but they, they seem to think it just, it's, you know, you got to do things differently. For that young generation, and I, I want to, because I, I dealt with some this week. It was a statement, and it's been a statement. It, you know, before we get in the book, I like to <laughs> just talk about something. Okay. It's a popular statement going around. What do you bring to the table? This is being said right when people meet people, right when they, you know, right out there, what you bring to the table, what you this, that, and the other. And when you hear that statement. When I hear that statement, because just like you said, not too long ago, we were talking, a group of us were talking, actually it was two couples, my husband and another couple were discussing um it's based on equally yoked that's where i'm coming from when i say what are you bringing to the table first of all when we look at each other are we on the same page are you thinking like i'm thinking do you want what i want is our the bottom line is it togetherness being one and going forward with the same approach my concern is that God is not the center of either of the uh, person's lives when they get together. And if they are, one is more, quote unquote, saved than the other person. So we want to know, we need to know what our lives are like spiritually first. Right. Right. Because right. marriage is a, is a ministry in yes, and of it itself. Is. Yes, it is. You minister to him, he ministers to you, and together you minister to other couples because we lead by example. And so, do, and go do, ahead. You think it, do you think it's important to um, what I'm finding is the real conversations are not being had? You know, I, I love, I hear people saying, What do you bring to the table? I'm hearing people say phrases like, I'm, we, we can be a power couple, all this, you know, that sound good. Yeah. But <laughs> They're skirting the real issues. Yeah. <laughs> which is fine finances, um, the, the way we're going to raise children, where, where we're going to live and how we're going to live. Yeah. Is your money my money or is it your money and my money? And then we have another account for the bills. Yeah. And you can't tell me how to spend my money and I can't tell you how to spend yours as long as the bills get paid. Now, that's not biblical. Yeah. And marriage is biblical. So you need to base your marriages off of the Bible, which was basically meant to procreate um, and be on one accord, in one accord, with Christ at the center of your life. So it's not just two of us in this marriage. There are three of us you, him, and the, the Holy Ghost, God. And if we both have relationship with God, then the things about bringing what you bring to the table are null and void yeah. because you're like-minded in Christ-likeness 
And prayerfully at that point, you both have Christ-like characteristics already. The fruit of the fruit of the spirit are already in action. Love, peace, joy, happiness. And you know what's amazing too? Because like, you know, and when we get into the book, there's some things I underlined and how um, people have lost their weight when it comes to marriage. Yes. People have lost their way. They're, they're setting their marriage up in their mind. And you have no idea that you can't write a script for your marriage. No. You cannot write a script for your marriage. When you hear till death do we part, sickness and health, all these different things, it's like people don't, they're just saying it. They're caught in the moment and they right. don't realize that. You got to live, you got to walk this out. This has right. to be walked out. And, you know, it's no more I. No, it's we. You can't get up one day and decide, hey, you know, <laughs> I mean, you can, but we're talking Shoot. about real, we're talking <laughs> about a real marriage. Right. You can't get up one day and say, hey, you, you find you somewhere, you know, come on. Yeah. You exactly. got you got to understand what comes along with the commitment that you've made. That's that's when you that's if you're equally yoked. Right. Then you can understand that. Right. If you're not equally yoked. When you, uh, some people get married waiting on the looking for the exit. Right. You get prepared for the exit. They go into marriage with the wrong thought process. First of all, it's not, it's not what this marriage is going to be, how it's going to be advantageous to me. It's we're here for the long haul because those vows do mean something. And not only do you make those vows to each other, you make them to God in front of God and in the front of witnesses. If you have a formal wedding, Mm -hmm. so in sickness and in health, in riches and in poor, you know, all that means something. So are you going to just abandon the other party if they have a wrecking and are physically unable to do anything for you anymore? Um, are you going to leave them sick? Are you going to leave them if they lose their job and can't provide the income that they used to provide? Is that um, is that what you think marriage is all about? It's, it's funny that all this is coming up because this was the conversation that the three young ladies were having, we were having over the phone. And my thing, my conversation starter was women get stuck on the wedding dress, the colors of the wedding, who's going to be in the wedding, what we're going to have for the reception, where we're going on our honeymoon. Yeah. But what happens after the honeymoon? Yeah. What happens when those bills hit you and you're like, oh my goodness, how are we going to, this is a monthly bill we got now, or I got, or you got, or somebody has another bill. Yeah. Or how are we going to, you've got two people in a, a house that only one person used to live in. Yeah. And it's my house, but uh, you're in it. Uh, you, hey, you live. So my house is not, okay, so what, wait a minute. Are we not one and it's our house, no matter who had it first? And, and. And I and I love that you're talking about this right here because that my 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 I came in it with this so this is so I'm you know if if I leave I'm leaving with what I came in yes it's, it's a lot of uh, language that's already separated right that's already from the jump separated. street 
from, yes. from and I think it's very important to go through mar premarital counseling before you I don't look I don't care how oh she's so fine he's so fine yes. I'm in yes. love with I'm here that's okay the physical is down right oh, oh he has a good job oh he's set up oh and she she's got it going on she fine she this but what happens when things change exactly how what do you push through when, that how do you and, push through it and who do you a, go to <laughs> who, you, who do you turn to when that's it's when a that conversation that needs to be had and then yes. i do want to throw a disclaimer in there because we're not talking about physically abusive marriage no, I, I, no. Let, let me help you we're not talking about physically abusive marriage we're not talking about verbally abusive people emotionally abusive deprived no it's not for narcissists who are, are not operating no. Uh, <laughs> in no. the kingdom mindset it's not operating in love we're not talking this, this that's this claim so you don't be saying we told you to go back to a man that's beat you no up. no 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 mm -mm. no 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 this is about kingdom marriage yes if you are getting prepared we're going to go into the book the book is called the marriage bed arose now tell us about okay so it's 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 three of you yes so talk to us a little bit about how y'all decided to come together for this book we were having a conversation like we always do well first of all it was a divine appointment when we met these two young ladies the other two young ladies are from ohio and they were on a birthday trip for dr anita um here in lafayette and we were at Don Seafood eating and they were eating at another table. So we were kind of listening to their conversation, talking about the gumbo and I wonder what it tastes like and, you know, little things like that. Right. And so realizing that it was her birthday when we got ready to leave, my husband says, happy birthday and may God bless you with many, many more. Well, instead of us keep on walking, they want, they stopped us and we had a conversation. So in the process of us having a conversation at the restaurant, it turned into telephone calls and me getting two daughters, uh, spiritual daughters, because I, I had said I didn't have any children, but my husband had two boys. And so before they left um, Louisiana at the airport, they called me and said, Mom, Mama T, I just want you to know, not only do y'all have two boys, y'all got two girls now. Uh-oh. Two girls. So... So we were in the process of having conversation, telephone conversations with each other together, and we were just talking. And again, like I said, the, we, my thing was, why do women think that marriage is just about the wedding dress, the wedding day, the wedding, who's going to be in it, what my color scheme is going to be, where are we going on a honeymoon? Because it's so much more to marriage than just a wedding ceremony. That's just the beginning. Come on now. That's just the beginning. And so we were talking about that. And I said, well, if women would stop, well, my thing was for me, when I got married, I wanted to not date because that's a worldly thing. Dating is worldly. It keeps you away from other people, which makes it easier for you to have sex before marriage. I'm just going to be real, have sex before marriage. It, it wasn't meant that way. That's not the way the Bible had it set up. So a lot of us 
or guilty of relationships before the person we married. So I had made the statement that I understand now at my age why being a virgin was so important and why you shouldn't have had sex before marriage because you have nobody to compare each other to. You're going to go be on the same level sexually because you haven't had sex with anybody. He hasn't had sex with anybody. So it's new to both of you. And anything that is going on or that's new to you, you have to work out because neither one of you know anything about it other than if you've read books about it or you happen to be a doctor or something like that. And they both got really, really quiet because for them, they were virgins when they got married, which is great. I applaud them and everything. But they've also been married 20 plus years. So I'm I'm the junior in the number of years being married. But some of the things that they don't have is like experience with the wisdom. They haven't heard some of the things I've said before and it made them think. And they said, every time we have a conversation, you make us think along those lines. So this is our book. And while we were talking, the title came to, uh, to Dr. Tamisha Walker. And she said, this is, the, this is what the title is going to be. And then Dr. Anita McKinney said, but it needs to have a, a byline. So that's how Pricks, Passions, and Perfumes came up. Because marriage, we say, we tend to say marriage is a bed of roses, but it's not. We have the ups, the downs, the I don't want to be married today days, or I wish I wasn't married days, or are you the one I should have married days. So we need to, we need to cover all of that. And in so doing, that's how we came up with all of that. And so they started, we all started writing and looking at each other's information and it went from there. But the biggest part of it all was that we need for everybody, people interested in getting married, people already married, people having problems during their marriage, that it's, it's a ministry. Yeah. It's something you have to talk about. You, you both have to talk to each other about the things that are not going on the way you think they should. You can't point the finger because what we bring to the table in defense of an offense is our history. And if you didn't, if you had previous relationships that you didn't, that you didn't heal from, you can't go forward because you're bringing all that baggage with you. We always tend to think the baggage is the kids out of outside of the marriage. No, the baggage is what you, that part of your heart that got hurt and scarred from the last relationship that you didn't heal from. Yeah. That those words that got said to you that hurt to the yeah. core that you didn't heal from, yeah. you know, so we have to do some healing before we start going from one relationship to another one. Yeah. And we, it requires total healing. Yeah. And, and allowing, and allowing God, even your your true mate yes. to allow him yes. because sometimes you because you you've been in a new relationship yeah and then uh, you knew uh married and your husband say so then you say baby you know you 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 get offended every time i say something like you know so sometimes you don't know that you're not healed right and 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 we'll get into that because i was reading something you wrote <laughs> and uh, 
it's a lot it's so much so many good nuggets but it was something you wrote about you know how you know what we're saying to each other <laughs> don't get into that okay um let's look let's look at this uh i asked you to do a reading tonight okay I have no idea where you're going to read from, but I know I'm excited to know what was your favorite uh, part. So we want to get ready for the reading. Uh, of course, I'm going Francisca, how you doing? Welcome. Um, I'm going to ask everybody to share. Uh, you can share it in your in messenger. We're also on YouTube right now. We're live on YouTube. The, uh, we're on the My Gospel Soul Network. So you can share it from um, YouTube as well. We're gonna be I'm gonna be sharing it next week, week after that, because this is a very important conversation. I've heard a lot of destructive conversations about marriage and about relationship, about healing, uh, about all kinds of so it's just so much going around and um i think it's this is a very important conversation okay so i'm gonna be quiet <laughs> okay of course i chose um one of my chapters because i'm more familiar with it so it's it starts out as um the title of the chapter is a single rosebud I passionately loved my husband, but didn't want the limelight of a big expensive ceremony, food and dresses of typical weddings. I wasn't looking to try and figure out what everyone wanted to wear and where everyone would be seated. Deciding on venues and meals was not what I was getting married for. We were more mature, so we had a simple ceremony after church in the pastor's office and used our money more wisely. In the beginning, couples have stars in their eyes and are head over heels for each other. They want to learn as much about each other as they can. They, have, they stay up late giggling and telling jokes, finding out things in common over the phone and looking forward to spending time together. Meeting each other in person enhances the time spent apart. It is like two magnets. They can't stay apart too long and they must stay close. My husband was not looking to be a sugar daddy. Having a wife that was in name only and not actually working with him would not do. He wanted a wife, someone to do ministry with side by side. We both felt the calling and had answered with a yes to Christ. Christ was going to be first in our lives and in our marriage, and that was already decided. Christ was his passion and mine. That bonded us even more. But I had to know before the relationship who I was. One thing I decided when I was single was that I liked and loved myself. I was not going to just settle for anything or anyone. When a person is not satisfied with themselves, there's no way for that person to be happy with anyone else. Loving yourself keeps you from settling. Settling keeps you beneath what God has for you. Deciding you like someone is only the beginning of a relationship. After I decided to love me, then I could love Christ, and then I could love my husband. 
My husband was like the male me, so we got along just fine. We were both loners, but didn't want to be apart. But when my temper got hot, I had to learn that my presentation and tone of voice needed to be in the right place at the right time. I had to get out of my emotions, and when we both did that, there were not nearly as many battles, period. Affections can run hot and lead to places you do not want to go. Keep in mind to stay close, you must choose to stay passionate. That is what got you there in the first place. Do everything in love. You cannot control how they are going to take it, but you can do your part. If you know you run hot under the collar, then step away before you speak. Or if you know that he does not that he does better in quiet situations, make the adjustment. Sometimes you have to make the first right move. You want to honor one another at all times. Make adjustments together and find the middle ground. If you find that what either of you is doing is not loving, then choose to change. First Corinthians 16 and 14 says, let all you do be done in love. And the end of the book, that chapter says for me, being married is a blessing for two people who learn to be whole alone. Okay. Um, I want to go. I want to go back to uh, page forty-five, where you said my husband was not looking to be a sugar daddy. <laughs> you know, and and I wanted to bring that up because we go back to people's vision of marriage, knowing what a person wants. You know, because some. Because when you don't know what your mate is looking for, mm -hmm. like he was talking about being satisfied and being, you know, if you don't know what they were looking for, and, and you're, it's very important to communicate. Yes. It's very important to communicate. That settling thing is in a lot of marriages. Yes. I just told somebody today, you know, you don't, you don't want to be the one your husband settled for. Right. Because you, you're going to be in trouble. In trouble. Yeah. In that marriage. <laughs> Most definitely. Yeah, because, you know. So, <laughs> what made you write that? Because when we were, when we had decided, well, first of all, our relationship started on the phone. We talked to each other on the phone before for about four weeks to a month before we ever saw each other in person. So we had lots of time to pick out little things. I, I wanted to see if he was going to repeat some of the same stuff or tell it differently. Because, like I said, you have to get over some things, but you don't get over things and not learn from them. Right. So from my past, I hadn't paid attention to what was being said to me. So I told him in our talking, I said, it's good and fine that we talk and now you love me. You say you love me. I said, you can pretend for 30 days. Let's see what 31 through 60 is like. Yeah. I said, and let's see if you still love me. And if you're telling, telling me the same things over again or something new. Yeah. Or are you telling me something I already you already told me and you tell it differently? Right. So with me having said all of that, he was like, 
nothing's going to change because I'm putting all my cards on the table. I'm done looking. You are her. Blah, 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 blah. But I will tell you, I'm not looking to be a sugar daddy. I'm not looking for a sugar mama. I'm not looking for a girlfriend. I want a wife. One that's going to be with me through thick and thin, through everything that's going to support me and all that I do. And I said, that's fine and good. But what about being on board with what I want to do? Because both of us are in this. Yeah. trying to be one and we both have ideas about what we're looking for i know what i'm not going to put up with i know what i will put up with and i also know what i want in a husband i said so if you know what you want in a wife and i know what i want in a husband and we can talk about it and come to common ground resolve those little extras that we can throw out or put on the shelf never to touch again then fine I said, but I'm not about to take care of you, meaning I'm not going to work and you stay at home or do whatever you're doing and not doing anything. I, that's that's not the way it's supposed to be set up. You're supposed to be the provider, the protector, and the lead, the leader of our family. And that's what I want. I want a husband who's the head, who's the pastor of my house. I said, I understand that you preach. But are you living what you preach? And that was my, my main concern, was yeah. are you living what you preach? And so with all that being said, when we met, it was easier for me to see that he was telling the truth. I mean, he lives what he, he lived what he preached. He told me he was going to be a preacher to the day he died. If I had a problem with that, I needed to not accept his proposal, which was true because you don't want to hinder anyone in their ministry if, if they're preaching the gospel. And that's a, that, that's a major conversation. That's a yes, major, major conversation because I have witnessed a lot of wives tell their husband, hey, you know, married to a pastor. Oh, uh, I didn't sign up for this because yes. you, you didn't, you didn't do the homework right. of being married to a pastor, you right. know, or even just a preacher anyway. Any yeah. you know, men in whatever capacity. Whatever they serve. capacity, come on. Mm -hmm. You got because to you have to be loyal to your calling, committed yeah. to your calling. And if they can't be committed to God, then how are they gonna commit to you? And it's a lot of it's a lot of ministers, male and female, they have walked away from ministry for yeah. their spouse. And right. then when when all <laughs> Look, when all hell break loose, they yes. understand what's happening. Right. Because you cannot, you have to, you have to respect the call. You have yes. to. Yes. Or, or like, what you said, or you got to, you know, find you somebody else. That's oh, just, yeah. You know, that's just, just what it is. Right. Um, I'm going to go into, I mark me some pages. Okay. Uh, Page 19. Not <laughs> chapter two, not a single rose. Nineteen nineteen. Okay. I'm in the I'm in the second paragraph says another misconception in marriage is that each person tends to think as a single person even though they are now married. <laughs> yeah. We must have 
that changed mindset to make the transition from single to married work. Yes. <laughs> yes. You cannot think sing as a single person because as a single person, I could go and come as I pleased. I could stay out as long as I wanted to make this stop on the way from work before I went to church or stop by here, go to church, then go home. When you want to be married, you have to change your mindset because you're not thinking just about you. You're thinking about your spouse. Yeah. How will you, how will you work out being married? So if I go into a marriage thinking singly as a single person, then I have a spouse at home wondering where I am and I have no concern about calling him, telling him what's what, you know, what's going on. And he's looking for me. Where, where were you? You didn't, you know. So then my single mind says, why are you checking up on me? I don't, you're not my daddy. I don't need to tell you where I am 24-7. But as a married person, he's responsible for you as your protector, as the provider. Yeah. As the protector, he needs to know where you are so that if there is a danger, he can find you yeah. or be in prayer you know, because you're out and he, you know, he's not with you so he can cover you in prayer to make sure everything goes according to the way it's supposed to go. Because, you know, if you don't, if you go out there unprotected, you go out there, I'm doing this, I'm doing that. Okay. So what happens if you get into a problem and he doesn't know where you are and then you call and say, I'm here and I need you to come get me or this is going on and well, why are you there? You were supposed to be at work. You were supposed to be wherever. Okay. And the same vice versa with the men. If they go into a marriage as a single person thinking that they're single, that means ah, I can do what I want to when I'm out here. Yeah. But when I come home, you're waiting <laughs> on me. Yeah. No, okay. that's, that's playing both ends of the candle. Yeah. And that doesn't work because you, you're, that's not fair to the wife. Come on. And it's not fair to the people that you're talking to out in public either. Because anybody that's a friend should know that I'm your wife and they should know me and I should know your friend. And it's respect. Oh, and that's respect. That respect. Yes. That respect. Yes. You know, I was telling uh, this, young, this uh, young lady, she got mad because her, when, she, when her husband got home from work, he her her friend was sitting in the house when he got home from work. She didn't understand why he was upset. And I was telling her, I said, Hey, <laughs> your your husband just worked all day to take care of his household. Yes. He doesn't want to come home to your homegirl, you know, or anybody kids. else. Yeah. All you know, I said, and then too, it's the same, it's the same when it's wife working and right. the husband is home. Because we know let, you know, it's all, it's all different scenarios when it comes to marriage. You got the husband right. at home, the wife is at work. You got to, so you have to, you have to uh, respect how your household is set up. Right. I and there have home. to be rules. Yeah. There have to be no, rules. no, no. Especially, and this is this is for for folk. Look. look <laughs> If you are a man, no woman has any business sitting in your in your house, a pastor, when your wife gets home. 
or vice versa. No man. No man. If your husband's not at home. If y'all have they sitting up just chilling in the house when you're greeting your wife or greeting your husband, Mm -mm. we have to respect each other. Right. One of the things that uh, I'm finding that we lack a lot in marriage is respect. We don't respect each other. We think because we know each other's flaws and we know what a get that person. We talk about language and we talk about, we think that we get comfortable uh, saying things, but you can, you can rip your spouse to shreds. Why? Because you're with them 24 seven. You know their weaknesses, you know their flaws, you know their mistakes, you know everything. And you have to be careful. That's why I'm hoping that you all get this book. Please. I need y'all to get because I promise you, I got notes. <laughs> I have notes because we get too comfortable disrespecting each other. And we think because pastor is not there to see you, you ain't in front of uh, your colleagues. That, y'all, that you can just behave unseemly. But the thing mm-hmm. is, you don't realize you're tearing down your own house. Yes. You're tearing down your own house. And the trick of the enemy, the trick of the enemy is to make you feel justified yes. in the disrespect. Mm-hmm. He gets you to thinking as a single person. I'm thinking, oh, what about me? That selfishness sets in. You say, okay, now I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna let you have it because I, 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 and before you don't realize, now I am literally tearing my household down piece by piece. Yes. You're doing it. It's like they say, you're destroying it from the inside out. Yes. And 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 the 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 devil is the prince of the air. He's the prince of the air. So once it's out there, it's like one of his. <laughs> come on. He grabs it. Yes. And he just listen like a mm-hmm. like <laughs> look yep. and rip your house. So talk to us a little bit about that because I know you talked a little you talked about it. Yes. You talked about it. You have to be you have to care more about your marriage, your household, than you care about anything else. Yeah. You have to make your spouse understand that that is of the utmost importance. I would do nothing to destroy our peace. I would do nothing to destroy our home. I will do nothing to destroy our relationship. Now, that doesn't mean you're not going to have disagreements and you're not going to have arguments. It means that you have to respect the other person enough to know that if they spend all day at work, they want to come home to quiet and peace. They want to come home to a, their home, you know, where they can be comfortable, let their hair down. Because most of us pretend so much in public, <laughs> at jobs, at school. People don't really know who we are. So when we come home, we need to be able to let our hair down yeah. and not have to be attacked for being who I am. And that's the only place we can be that way is at home. So when I come home after work and there's people at the house that I don't know are there, 
my screen has to go back up because I got to keep pretending that yeah. everything's honky dory fine. I'm happy. All is well. I'm not. I want to relax. And you're in my house. You're in my space. Now, company, every now and again, is okay, but not every day. Yeah. yeah. Don't do it to them every day. Don't make a habit of having people in the house without them knowing it. That's just respect. Yeah. My philosophy is this. if What would I do if it were done to me? How would I feel? Uh, so yeah. how I feel when it's done to me, I will assume that the same way you feel if I do it to you. So yeah. what I don't want done to me, I will not do to you. Yeah. And, if and for some reason you have to have company, then they need prior knowledge yeah. of it. And and the, the word of God says to live with, dwell with each other in understanding. Husband, live with your wife in understanding. It, it what it's saying is know her. Yes. Know him. Know. Him. And but a lot of times we like I said when selfishness kicks in, we just hey I'm gonna do it my way. Because I want to. Because mm -hmm. I yeah. But but I gotta know what hurts you. I gotta yes. know what what uh makes you mad you, right. you know your spouse's buttons mm -hmm. you know yes. you gotta know and and then you have to have a practice of falling in love every day yes. you have to you have to like you said you've got to remember the passion that brought you together in the first place mm -hmm. you know study each other yes. you know figure out you know you know i had a long day i told you on Look, I told you on the phone. I had, I was having. They get home. You should, you know, cook something. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> have my bath ready, or yeah. some way to be to relax. You know, yeah. surprise him with washing his feet. <laughs> I mean, something different. Because you're yeah. the same way all the time, yeah. and it's a habit. Yeah. Then it gets boring. Yeah. And my mother told me as a young lady. What you do to get them, you have to do more. You have to do that and more to keep them. That's right. So if you were cooking before y'all got married and now you don't want to cook, that's not going to work. Yeah. Because you started out cooking. You got to keep cooking and then yeah. add to it because that's the way you started out. You can't change in the middle of the, of the script. You can't change in the middle of the, of the river. Yeah. We're in the yeah, midst it of is. it now. And it's the same thing if you if she didn't know how to cook when you married her. Exactly. You know, buy some cookbooks. You know, send her to class. Uh, something. You, you know, go find to, some elders you know. that know mm -hmm. how to cook. Stick it right. <laughs> I mean, you got to help each other out. You know, you know what she doesn't know, or you hope she knows more than she lets you know. But if she doesn't, and she and what you see is what you get, then you have to make adjustments. Yeah. And be willing to make adjustments yeah. because the vows say to death do us part. Yeah. And, and we're supposed to be able to work out, work through, work out any problem that comes up. If it even means this is something we're not ever going to agree on, let's put it on the shelf and leave it there. Never to be touched again. You have to do that because there are going to be times when you're not going to agree on something. So, you know, you just got to know your your spouse. You got you have to know your spouse. And if you don't know your spouse, 
get to know them. That's what being married is about. Yeah. yeah. You're married today. So continue to date them after you marry them. Don't just put it to the side. I'm married to them now. I don't do nothing. Yes, you do. You have to continue to go on dates, have date night. If you have children, then, of course, you have to do the, put the children first. But at least put aside one one night for him or her. Yeah. Get a babysitter. Amen. She'll appreciate it. He'll appreciate it. Go out to the movies. Go out to eat. Yeah. But do something to let to, so the dating continues. It's not supposed to stop. Yeah. It's not supposed to stop. I've, I love this book. I love that, that you made space for notes. Yes. You know, um, or just or journaling. I thought, mm -hmm. you know, um, yeah. it's important that we understand how God be marriage. It was the first, it was the first ministry. Yes. It was the first ministry. And, and it amazed me when reading how he put Adam and Eve together, then he said, for this cause of man leave his father and his mother. Right, leave right. father and mother. Right. This mm -hmm. was before it was parents. He, he yes. knew it. He knew that this, that also would be an issue. Yes. In a marriage. Come on. <laughs> Amen. Yes. So uh, I'm going to give you a bit, um, uh, a little later on, I'm, I'm going to invite, she don't know it, but I'm going to invite her back because I want to talk about uh, uh, in-laws in your marriage. Out, what is it? Outlaws. In-laws. <laughs> in <laughs> so we, we want to talk about that because they could be the biggest, one of the biggest uh, destructive weapons in a marriage. Uh, tell, tell everyone how they can get the book. The book is on Amazon.com. You can look it up by my name, Lisa M. Tebow, or The Marriage Bed of Roses. And if you look at the cover back on the screen, it looks like this. It's got a rose with a, if you notice, it's got the, here, it's got the thorns, like the cross on Jesus' head, the thorns. So the marriage bed of roses, there will be thorns, yeah. but it's on amazon.com. If you happen to be in the city where I am, um, as we go here and to and fro preaching, I have books with me always. So you can always reach out to me, come where I am, find out where I am and get the book. Um, so I'll be back in Houston <laughs> on the 13th for a doctor's appointment, but I'm in Houston. So if you need to reach out to me on Facebook, Lisa M. Tebow, or reach out to me on, I can give you my number if you like, 713-799-3352. If you're not known to me, you might want to text me because I don't answer phone calls that are not in my contacts. <laughs> so you need to let me know text what it is first. you want. Okay. Text me first and then let me know that you're calling regarding the book or what have you. But um, I'm in Houston the first Friday of every month for the rest of the year. For my husband was on a, a schedule of preaching there in Houston. Um, so I will have books with me then. And we're, I'm here in Lafayette. So if you're close, if you want me to mail it to you, 
I'd be more than happy to mail copies or what have you. But the easiest way for you to get it is Amazon.com. By my name, how much, Lisa, uh, ten dollars. Okay. It's ten dollars. Yes. Okay. So, and in the post on Facebook, uh, Miss Tibo is uh, tagged in the post, so you can, you know, click, you know, get to it through that post as well. Right. Um, this has been wonderful. Praise God. I I don't want to get off the air without uh, you saying a prayer. Somebody okay. may be listening that's going through in their marriage, yes. uh, that's thinking about marriage, okay. um, that's getting cold feet. <laughs> <laughs> um, so just say a prayer for that person that may okay. be, you know. Okay. And I just want to say, too, that you had mentioned that there's um, places to take notes and to write prayers. That was the way we designed the book so that if you were happen to be in a group, you know, because we have a tendency to want to keep things to ourselves and go through it by ourselves when we as women need to actually hook up and build each other up. So that was the purpose of the sections for writing. So you could discuss what, what you want to see happen, pray about it, see what God says. So most of all, that's what I would have any of you do that's in the process of trying to get married, engaged getting cold feet, seek the Lord, seek the Lord and ask him what his will for your life is, because he has a permissive will and he has a perfect will and he will allow his permissive will because you want it. He'll allow it if you beg him enough for it, Amen. even though it's not his perfect will, he'll allow you his permissive will. So there in and, in and of itself, if you make that, that step and it's just his permissive will, just know that it's going to be a little bit harder than his perfect will. Okay. So if everybody's ready, we're going to bow our heads and close our eyes. Dear Heavenly Father, we just thank you for this time of fellowship, talking about the marriage bed of roses, the book that you gave to Dr. McKinney, Dr. Walker and myself to write in hopes of helping our women in particular to do better in the marriage that we are in or going to lord if anyone finds themselves in a in a hurting place allow some woman to cross their path that has some wisdom to help them through the situation they're going through right now help us to seek other women older women women that have been married for a while and their marriages are thriving and they look like what marriage is supposed to look like help us to go to them and ask them questions Help us to have our older ladies be the women that the younger women can go to for knowledge and for assistance, Lord. That's what we're supposed to be doing. And so, Lord, I ask in particular for me, help me to be the older woman. Help me to be the person that younger women see as an example that they want to follow. Help them to see the Christ in me, in us, Lord God. Lord, we just ask that you continue to Show us grace and mercy, that you continue to forgive us of our sins, Lord God, that you continue to give us another day so that we can start each new day over with your brand new mercies and grace and share that with other people. Lord, we love you. We praise you. We give you all the glory and all these blessings and prayers we ask in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen and amen. 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 I want to thank you for coming on with me tonight. Um, 
I feel like it's more we need to discuss on this topic. Amen. Amen. And um, because that's the climate right now, people are talking about relationships. You know, we got a generation of believers that are thinking you can veer away from what God has said and do it your own way. And I think it's important that we have this conversation. Yes. It's important. It's important, you know. Very and, important. Um, so uh, we look forward to seeing you again. Yes. Um, again, I posted posted on the page this video. So if you want to go back, you want to play it over and over again, want to get you know some more information off of it, do that. Share it with somebody somebody that you know could use it. Because mm-hmm. the Bible says, "For the older to teach the young." Come on, Amen. That wisdom is valuable. That yes. wisdom is very very valuable. Amen. I love you all. Thank you all for tuning in to uh, the show tonight. We love you. There's nothing you can do about it. Remember, without faith, it's impossible to please God. But with God, all things are possible. Who cares? God cares. Good night. Good night. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.